Soon you can play Sonic in some cars, but I'm here to tell you it's just a party trick. Plus, Ubisoft has entered the latest money-making craze and is sticking with it. Tonight is December 19th, 2021, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so love, you would say uh, even if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. <laughs> wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Aki Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just don't like it. Billy O'Kay says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. It's right before the holidays. One more week of work or something. I don't, or well, for, for some people, I don't know. Uh, for me, at least. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to a holiday edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as uh, reminiscing about gaming's history. We're going to be doing both of that tonight. And uh, tonight, because it is is the holidays, I have my wonderful uh, ugly sweater on, uh, ugly sweatshirt with a sweater pattern on it. It was from the Yeti uh, a couple of years ago, but it's Contra, and it even has the uh, the cheat code on the bottom. Uh, so everybody else thinks it's Alien. It's from the, the movie Alien, but no. Cultured people recognize the the cheat code at the bottom, and uh, know, know what it is. So I, I find out who my who my peoples are uh, when I wear this. I got it from the Yeti like several years ago, uh, and uh, it's not a real sweater. It's a sweatshirt with the sweater. Anyway, that's what I'm wearing tonight to be festive here on uh, December nineteenth. And uh, E3VL even says, yes, it looks like Alien from first glance. Yes. And so it works on multiple levels. It's, you know, some people think it's the Alien from the Alien franchise. Uh, and then the cultured people see the two dudes at the bottom and the cheat code and say, oh, it's Contra. I remember that from when I was a kid. Um, so, yeah. So uh, we're, if you're wondering why, where that was coming from, we tape the show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network, uh, and uh, that's where I try to read intelligent comments from throughout the night. Uh, but this is a podcast, and a lot of people are doing other things on Sunday nights, especially right now with the holiday time. Completely understand, but we are on Discord, so you can con- uh, converse and see things on Discord. On our Discord server, vognetworkcom slash Discord. It's not a very heavily trafficked Discord server, so you're not going to get inundated with, uh, with alerts uh, or notifications. In fact, we don't let anybody send notifications except for, like, myself and Rob and I don't think we've ever pinged everybody. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, that's where we are over on Discord. You can actually see some things that maybe we won't talk about on the show. There's just uh, updates with that. And uh, ZenMonkey11 says he uh, thought this was a Rant Rambo Commando sweater. No, it's, it's, uh, it's got the it's, – it's Contra. It doesn't work as well because on Twitch, uh, for the people on the podcast who've never seen it, like – you can see me until about like halfway down my torso, and like so, the actual contra parts below the uh, the the line of what what is shown on Twitch. So yeah, um, and Rob Roberts is going to ping everyone for uh, on Discord for fun later. No, no, boo, no, we're not. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. 
it's annoying when they do that. Uh, so yeah, so uh, that that's where we do the show live each and every Sunday. Thank you so much for being here. If you are here live, or if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much as well. Uh, so uh, I want to give uh, and an kind of an update. Uh, some of this has changed, some of this is not. But awesome games done quick. 2022 online is going to be in just a few weeks, uh, and. Um, I, I am going to be a host again, a donation reader. This is going to be my fourth event uh, doing this. I am really excited, really thrilled to do it now. Uh, my schedule hasn't changed, uh, but unfortunately, the games I am doing has changed. One game has been dropped from the schedule. I do not know why. Uh, it was uh, They don't actually communicate the reasons why. Uh, because it's, you know, a private conversation between the organizers and the runners. And so they brought in a backup run. So when they always, when they schedule for GDQ and they accept speed runs, they also accept a good amount of what are called backup runs. So these are runs and games that are prepared and they're, they're in the server. They get all their checks done and everything. And they, they invite in their commentators. And if they're needed, they're called in. Uh, like if there's an internet, internet service outage at uh, some place and the runner can't actually do it on the day of, they'll bring in somebody on who's on standby. Or if a run gets dropped early on, they will contact the runner and say, Hey, instead of this run, you're now on. Uh, so I get to also do a, a, a backup run and uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm going to go through the schedule and the current times because other runs have been canceled. And so times have fluctuated a little bit. And uh, you'll probably people on Twitch will be spoiled as to which game is new. Uh, but I will let you know which one it is. So uh, on Tuesday, January 11th at about 950 a.m. Eastern, that time will change. It will probably be much later. I'm going to be uh, hosting the first half of Final Fantasy 13. Uh, so it's a five-hour run. Uh, I'm going to be doing the first half. Uh, Sabera Messi is going to be hosting the second half of that. Uh, so that'll be uh, during your during the lunch, or during kind of like the late bre- the breakfast time on the West Coast and stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, on Thursday, January 13th, at about 1.45 p.m. Eastern, it's going to be about 2 o'clock, Froob, my buddy Froob, with the Yakuza series, he's going to be running Lost Judgment. That is a three-hour run in itself, so I'm going to be hosting that. Uh, so uh, it's it's um it's in the Yakuza universe, but it's not a Yakuza game, uh, or it's not it's not with the main Yakuza characters that you know. Uh, but uh, you are beating up high schoolers, so you know there there is that. So so you're kicking babies that are teenagers. Um, so uh, and then uh, on January fifteenth, uh, Saturday, which is the last bit like we're rushing towards the end starting at about noon uh octopus cal who is a japanese runner uh is going to be running earthbound so uh, i'm really looking forward to seeing that and then uh, as uh, rob roberts has noticed he is observant he gets a prize uh thank you so much for for noticing uh mario kart we is no longer on the schedule i like i said i do not know why i hope everybody's okay uh and, and stuff i have no insight as to why but it has been replaced by Fallout New Vegas. And so Fallout games are always amazing. So at about 1.20 p.m. on the last day, Saturday, Banana Pegasus is going to be running all unique weapons for Fallout New Vegas. So uh, that is the the addition, the change. It's about the same time. It take, It's about an hour long run. Uh, same as Mario Kart Wii. So it's, it kind of didn't change the schedule all that much. Uh, but we are going to be doing Fallout New Vegas is going to be right, and I think like Halo is right after it. So it's going to be an interesting block. It's going to be very interesting, and Fallout runs are always so amazing. 
uh, just to see how they break the game because this doesn't say glitchless. There's nothing on that that says it's glitchless. So we're going to be seeing some glitches. Uh, I have not spoken to the runner. In fact, I actually just learned that about an hour ago uh, because it was mentioned uh, in uh, in the what we're, we're, we're planning everything. Uh, one of the commentators was like, yeah, the Mario Kart Wii run's not happening anymore. So what happens now? And they got booted from the server. So uh, that's how I learned. I'm like, what am I doing now? So I was, you know, I'm, I'm glad they brought in a different run to replace it because I didn't want to lose an hour of my shift. Uh, and Questbuster says, New Vegas is a fun run, especially how unstable it can be. Yes. And he hopes it doesn't crash during the run. Really? Are you sure you hope it doesn't crash? I will say that in previous GDQs, they've uh, modded in a crash screen to make it look like the computer blue screen, but it was really just a loading screen. They've done that. I think they would also did that with like Bioshock, I think is where they've done that. But they've had fun with the crashes and making it look like it's crashing just to scare the producers. So that is uh, going to be going on in just a few weeks. We're 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 speeding toward the, the new year. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's uh, J- uh, January 9th through the 16th. Uh, it's that week, Sunday to Saturday. We will still be doing our show on that Sunday night. Uh, so this show will still happen at that time. I'm not working on that night. And uh, yeah, I will, all I will say is that if you do uh, wish to donate uh, during my shifts, uh, uh, the way to get it more likely to be read on air is to use put basically put hashtag VOG Network at the very end. I'm going to tell them that that's my community and they're going to whitelist some of those donations to come up to me. However... In your donation, do not mention the podcast, do not mention the network, do not mention anything on here. I cannot self-promote, and I cannot read any donations that self-promote me. I'm not allowed to do that. So uh, that will, no matter what you put in the whitelist, it's not going to get read. So if you want to donate during those times, uh, and those are some pretty long times. I've got two and a half hour, two hour, two and a half hour shifts, and I'm sure Final Fantasy XIII is going to have a lot of uh, downtime. Uh, for and, and Lost Judgment has some as well, uh, but you're going to have a lot of downtime in Final Fantasy XIII where they're going to be reading a lot of donations. So I'm going to want to read all of those. So let's get into some of the news. Light news week because uh, it, it is uh, the holidays here in America. So uh, the first one I'm going to talk about because I knew if I didn't, somebody else was going to mention it for me. And we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the movie. Still haven't seen the first movie. I saw enough about the first movie. I know the second movie is going to be coming, but uh, Sonic the Hedgehog had its anniversary. Sonic uh, had his anniversary, and so they they announced had a bunch of announcements for for new new stuff with the IP. I'm not necessarily saying new games. Um, there was a music concert that didn't go over too well. I don't know, uh, but they made an announcement that uh, Sonic is coming to certain cars. IGN reports that Tesla cars just got a little bit faster as the electric car company now has a partnership with Sega to bring the Blue Blur himself to its line of vehicles. This sounds like a press release, but it's from IGN. Uh, Sega and Tesla announced that 1991 Sonic the Hedgehog is coming to Tesla's in-car gaming system. To play games on the Tesla's in-car screen, owners just need to plug in a USB controller. Uh, just don't try to do it with your driving. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog grows Tesla's growing lineup of games, with which includes Cuphead and, and I like this part of the IGN thing, The Witcher 3 in the new model uh, Tesla Model X and Model S cars. Uh, a, that's incorrect. The Witcher 3 is not on the cars yet. So, uh, and E3VL says, I don't get why there's games for cars. There's a reason to leave your kids in your cars while you shop. So, I'm going to address that because uh, I don't talk about it as much on this car, but I own a Tesla. 
I have a Tesla Model S. I bought it in 2015, so it's a six-year-old car. But I did get the infotainment upgrade, which means I do get access to these uh, these games. And I will also uh, show here uh, that uh, this is this is what it looks like when you're actually playing. So I actually have Cuphead. I've hooked up an Xbox 360 controller to my uh, to to the USB port in the car. Wired Xbox 360 controller. The funny thing is the green uh, light on the controller just keeps flashing. And I can play Cuphead on the screen in my Tesla. And the music comes out of the speakers and everything like that. So uh, the question as to why do you actually want this? Uh, And I will just say, A, it's a party trick. So... That is the only time I just showed a video and it was on my Twitter and it's like this nine second repeating loop video of me like controlling Cuphead. Uh, That's the only time I've used it was to make that video. It's a party trick. Now, E3VL's question is, I don't get it. Why is there a game? uh, Is it, you know, reason to leave your kids in your car while you shop? No. The intended usage by... Uh, that, that Tesla states, or really what Tesla would advocate, and the intended usage, and the only time I would ever actually use it, is when you're on a long, long road trip. Because uh, if you are the type of person who wants to, you know, when you want have to go on a 10-hour drive, you just want to go, 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 and not stop unless, you know, you absolutely have to. And when you stop, you only go for, stop for five minutes. An electric vehicle right now, today, in 2021, is not for you. That's not how it works. You have to make a stop for about 30 to 45 minutes every couple of hours to charge up the battery. And I did actually did some videos in 2016 of this. I drove up to Washington, D.C. I drove up to, to Louisville uh, and stuff, and I, and I showed what it's like to do this. And some people were like, well, that's just too much. That's, you know, I don't like that, and that's fine. That's, it's not for you. But you're sitting there charging your car, and you really can't leave anymore and and when i actually did those videos i would go and i would park the car and like we would go and eat lunch and we'd leave the car which you can do but it was there was less problem with that in the past now uh if your car finishes charging and you don't move it within five minutes you start getting added charges every minute because you're taking up a spot that another tesla could use so they really now encourage you. It encourages you. You have to stay with your car so you can keep going. And Fifth Dream says, while you're on the side of the road charging, you're never on the side of the road. You're actually in a parking lot. Uh, there, you're, you're in a parking lot. Like there's, there's a lot of Meyer grocery store chains have them. I think uh, Bucky's now has them. Uh, you know, a lot of some gas stations. But I mean, I've also been in like, you know, where there's like a movie theater, you know, a shopping mall. So you're you're usually in a shopping mall. You're not on the side of the road charging the car. Um, and E3VL says, wouldn't that drain the battery, take time away from the trip? Uh, so you're actually, what they want you to do is they want you to play the game while it's charging, which doesn't bring, drain the battery because it's pumping in so much uh, that the, the little bit of the AC or the heat that you're using, it's coming off the grid. It's not draining your battery because you're re-putting charge into your battery and so the idea is while you're waiting for your battery to charge you're going to sit and you can play cuphead or you can play 2048 or you can play atari games or you're going to you can play sonic the hedgehog 
Or, uh, and Paleonimaeus says, no phone app indicating charge. Yes, uh, there there is a phone app, and it does notify you when you're done. But, like, if you're in the middle of, like, eating, you have, like, literally five minutes. You can't wait to pay the bill. You have to go back out and move your car. Uh, so it, it's not as practical as it used to be. Uh, and Fifth Dream says, Cuphead is so difficult it will cause road, road rage. So these games, you cannot turn on unless the car's in park. So that's why it's a charging thing, or it's when you're parked. Uh, you cannot play these games while it's, while it's in drive. Apparently, I was researching this, apparently the latest update that came out this month did make some games playable by passengers while you're driving, and uh, the uh, NHTSA... The, the transportation authority they're looking into this and to see if that's even legal because they're they're pretty sure that's a violation of something they just haven't said it's a violation um and uh e3vl says kids can't play backseat not while the car's in driving not while the car's driving so it is literally only a thing for park which is why i say it's a it's for charging or it's a party trick hey look i can do this just like i did hey look i can play cuphead all right have i actually played cuphead in my car no i haven't and E3Vale says, well, you have to sign something for it. No, it just, they don't allow you. Like, the, the game does not operate if the car is not in park. And in fact, uh, in fact, if you, I'm going to run the video one more time. Um, and I'm going to point out something that, you know, people probably don't know. If you don't have a Tesla, you don't realize this. But at the very beginning of the part of this video that loops, I actually show my steering wheel. And there's a screen behind it that is completely dark. That screen is usually never, ever, ever dark because it's always showing the status of your car, the status of the charge. Uh, it shows a little picture of your car. It shows the time. It shows the temperature and all that stuff. But when you're in game mode, it turns that off. You literally cannot operate your car while you're playing the game. And Phoenix7726 says, that just sounds like a horrible idea to have something in view of the driver doing that. And that's why... The NHTSA is is looking into it because you're allowed to do that type of stuff for the backseat, but not something in view of the driver. So this is just something cool that Tesla can say, hey, you can play Sonic in our car. Sega say you can play our game in Tesla's. Woo. That's really all this is. The intended purpose is to give you something to do while you're charging. Uh, and frankly, when I have done one, I've done one, basically one trip that needed a supercharger stop. Since I got the new infotainment screen, because I haven't been doing road trips all that often for obvious reasons. And I was not interested in playing a game. So I sat back and I watched Twitch instead. Because also they have in their cars, you can access YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and Twitch. All through native apps in the car. Once again, only while you're parked, not while you're driving. Uh, but you can access the native apps and even sign in. Uh, and so you can, you can, and then you can just watch things. And that's what I did is I sat and watched somebody on Twitch and it even has the chat scrolling at the bottom. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think I can chat back. I would have to like open up my phone, but at least it's going on in the car and it uses the in-car connectivity. So you're not using your phone mobile bandwidth. It's using the car's bandwidth and everything like that. And uh, Pockroach says, no Bluetooth control pairing. No, it's only USB. You can only hook up USB to the USB ports. There's no Bluetooth controller pairing. Um, Tigerclaw says, is there a game that responds to your real-life driving? Uh, so there is a game, and it's like Beach Buggy. 
bump. Uh, there, it's a, it's a it's a Mario Kart clone, uh, and it does allow you to use your steering wheel and the brake pedal to control it. Not the not the accelerator, just the brake pedal and your steering wheel. The problem with that, and why that's very much a party trick that you don't do much at all is because it doesn't stop your wheels from turning, your actual car's wheels. So even though you can only play it in park, your wheels are now going side to side on the pavement. That's not good for your tires. So it is very much a party trick that I I will do and let somebody do for like 30 seconds. I'm like, all right, done. And you can play that, but you can play that game with a controller. So it's controller stuff as well. Uh, But they can, it does actually hook up to... Uh, your steering wheel and the brake pedal, and that's how you control the game. Uh, but uh, but you can also use a controller. But you don't want to do that because that's actually really really bad for your tires. And uh, Phoenix Seven Seven Two Six, they need a universal EV charger so we can actually get wide adoption. Uh, there actually is a universal uh, charging solution. Uh, there's both the slow charging solution is called J One Seven Seven Two, and it is universal. Uh, and I know you, uh, Phoenix then says no adapters are not the answer. Easy to forget or lose them. I have an adapter that converts J1772 to uh, the t- my Tesla car. I've had it for six years. Haven't lost it because it stays in a pouch that's right in the same place every time. Uh, you can even keep it in a glove box. The glove boxes even have a spot where you can store it. So it stays there. So it's really hard to lose unless you lose your car. Uh, but for um, fast charging, rapid charging, it's actually Tesla is the one outlier. Uh, everybody else uses uh, a, a charging solution called CCS. It used to be there were Chatmo and CCS, uh, and I believe CCS is now kind of the dominant one that all the other automakers have used uh, and moved to. And they have not made an adapter yet for Tesla. We have a Chatmo, which was the the other one. Uh, that's what Tesla gave sells an adapter for. Uh, but those you can use anywhere with uh, with that has a fast charging station. So that's like Electrify Anywhere, uh, which is a, trying to do a fast charging network, much like the Tesla Supercharger. And the one car that can't use them is the Teslas. So uh, they had they're working on that universal EV charging solution. Unfortunately, we're still in the Blu-ray versus HD DVD wars or the VHS versus Betamax wars in terms of which charging standard is going to actually win out. Uh, and it looks like the one that Tesla picked that wasn't their own uh, is losing. So I did not mean this to be a car podcast. I was just going to kind of make fun of you know Sonic being in the cars and saying it's really not that big of a deal. But it honestly sounds like what I should do is when they do, if Sonic actually does make it to the cars, because Witcher 3 still has it and they announced it a year ago. If Sonic actually does make it to the cars, I'll shoot some video in my car of me playing Sonic and showing the games uh, and stuff in my 2015 Tesla, and and I'll shoot a video and we'll do it here on the on a future episode of the show. How about that? And Phoenix seven seven two six. I say they probably don't do Bluetooth pairing because if you could access the Bluetooth protocol, though, it's a route to uh, route to inject malware. Uh, you can. I mean, it's got Bluetooth out because and in because you can. You know, it's got phone dialing, and I can answer. It's got hands free phone in my car, and I can play Bluetooth through the radio. So I can actually, like, you know, hook up. So I, if I wanted to listen to Twitch while I'm driving, I can just run it on my phone and then Bluetooth into the car. But they do not have Bluetooth for controllers. But this is not the only place that, uh, that Sonic is coming to. Sonic is coming to the Commodore 64, kind of. 
they uh, some and then this is an unofficial port, but Sega is actually really good about these type of things. Sonic the Hedgehog is coming for Commodore sixty four computers. In fact, it's out now. You can you can get it now. You can get the disc image now. You need a two hundred and fifty six k RAM expansion unit for it to run. Uh, now I, I mentioned this, and somebody in 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 Discord asked how expensive is that, and I couldn't answer. Because you can't buy them. There is literally nowhere that says where you can buy the REU, the RAM expansion unit that is 256K. There's no, there's, and so I don't know how to tell you. I don't know how much it costs. I found some things that were like, here's how to build one. But you can't, like, even eBay doesn't seem to have any of these RAM expansion units. So I don't know how much it costs, but your, your straight Commodore 64 can't run this. Uh, but they base, and it looks like they took the Sega Master System version, and uh, and, and and took those levels. And I'm going to play it again, and I'm actually going to turn up the sound here because uh, they actually did all the music with the SID chip on the Commodore 64. So if I turn up the sound here, that's that's not it. That was the the little intro here. Um. And this is uh, you're gonna see, you're noticing it's a little bit slower, and that's because I'm assuming this was done for uh, this trailer was made with the PAL, the European units, which runs at 50 hertz. Whereas if you play it on an NTSC com- uh, Commodore 64, which is 60 hertz, it's gonna sound the normal speed. And Pacoach says, I wonder if you can get it run on the C64 Mini. I haven't tried that yet, even though I've got the C64 Mini and the Maxi. Uh, but I don't know if it has the 256K. And the, I don't know if it emulates the additional RAM on those. Um, so it'll be interesting to find out. But yeah. We'll go ahead and turn that off. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so they did a really, really good job for, uh, with it. Uh, and, uh, it's really impressive, but don't get your hopes up. You need to have this Ram expansion unit to be able to play it. And then the, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is, um, and, and this is one of those, another one of those topics where I'm like, I'm not going to actually mention any keywords in the title, in the description, in, in anything, because I don't need people who are really, really, really sold on this to come in and, and, and argue with me about this uh, because I've got the microphone right now and I get to talk about this. But Ubisoft was in the news because they they added uh, a new money-making scheme to their wallet. And then this week, they doubled down on that. So Kotaku reports that Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimal held a video Q&A this week to try and reassure developers, he's developers at his company, that the company's controversial new push behind NFTs, according to multiple sources who were in attendance. But they said his answers were vague and leaned on buzzwords like Metaverse and Web 3.0. Or really, it's Web 3. We don't have the point anymore. Uh, leaving some as disheartened by the company's latest PR disaster as before. The meeting, which sources says was not yet scheduled when the week started, came after the official reveal of Ubisoft's new blockchain-based technology called Quartz, which uh, was widely mocked online with a video showcasing it receiving over 40,000 downvotes on YouTube. Kotaku previously reported that developers of the company were critical of the rollout as well, with an internal announcement exploding in hundreds of comments that range from skeptical to dismissive. 
the initiative kicked off with three cosmetic NFTs in Ghost Recon Breakpoint, including one that required players to have logged over 600 hours in-game to redeem. Axios reported earlier this week the players have already started at least trying to resell the tokens on third-party platforms for amounts that wishfully range from hundreds of dollars to the hundreds of thousands. So I want to I mention something on this, is that it's really interesting that when you look on those sites you can see how much people want to sell them for, and you can also see how much people are bidding to buy them for. You can see both ends of the spectrum. So some of these items, in, uh, digital in-game items, are currently up for sale uh, for hundreds of dollars. But yes, some people are saying you know, $10,000, $20,000 for this cosmetic item in Ghost Recon Breakpoint. The highest amount anybody is admitting to want to spend on one of these items is $21. And that was uh, Forbes actually did this reporting. And I don't generally go to Forbes, but they, they did that reporting and looked and gave some of these uh, these numbers. They actually said, quote, the most recent case uh, was uh, the Ghost Recon Breakpoint run of NFTs. Um, weapon skins from the game are already turning up on crypto auction sites with people asking for hundreds of thousands of thousands of dollars for them. The highest bid last we checked, $21, unquote. So they're going up for auction. They think so. It's all speculators. It's really all speculators that are looking at this. They're getting these items and they're they're saying we're going to make these worth twenty thousand dollars. We say they're they're valued at twenty thousand dollars, but no. But in order to sell something at that price, you also need a buyer to agree with you that it's worth twenty thousand dollars. You need a buyer to accept that price. And there was a whole uh, thing going on that's going on not in crypto space, but with auctioning, you know, and, and game ratings and, and, you know, that remember that Super Mario Brothers that sold for seven figures and stuff like that. It was them buying from each other. It was all these auctioneers buying from each other to say, hey, look, the value, this really is worth a lot of money because the buyers, nobody's willing, nobody that's not in that space is willing to buy a Super Mario Brothers for 8-bit Nintendo in a box for $1 million. Only other auctioneers are willing to spend that much to say that it's, you know, it, it, that it's worth that much. So we're seeing that here where people are saying that these weapon skins in Ghost Recon Breakpoint are worth $20,000, but the buyers are like, yeah, maybe 21 bucks. I, I got, I got, I got a 20 and a dollar. And and that's the other thing that I kind of have that that I'm kind of trying to wonder what the what problem this is trying to solve, uh, and, and I get what the actual thing is trying to solve is, but and and that is they don't want this to be regulated because any transaction like this that happens happens in their space, it happens in that crypto space, uh, and when I talk about this, I also want to just kind of preface because now I'm giving my opinion, I have no care in the world to talk about anything about the environment with this conversation. So if you're thinking that I'm going to come in and talk about the environmental impacts, no, I'm actually not. That's a red herring. I I do not want to talk about the environmental impact of any of this because me doing this show has a bad impact on the environment because I'm running these hot lights, all this equipment, all this electricity being used just to do this. So I am already harmful to the environment, whatever. I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk about that. That's a red herring, and it's also a very easy way for people to say, oh, no, I'm going to now lock in on that. So I don't care about the environment in this sense. 
And if you clip that, that's fine, whatever. I mean, I drive a Tesla. Uh, you can say what you want about what I think about the environment. Um, but with, like, the game skins. So, yes, you have an NFT that says you have this item, which is not even a unique item. You don't get a unique weapon skin for your 600 hours of play playtime. You're getting a weapon skin that is yours that you can now sell on crypto sites. But that skin is still the copyright of Ubisoft. And it can still only be used in Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So I want to kind of say that this is the problem that I don't understand what they want to solve. Because uh, I, I hear some of this, and I'm not going to talk about Ubisoft for this. I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm, I'm going to do this in the sense of FIFA, of the FIFA games, which is not going to be FIFA anymore. Uh, but let's, you know, Madden. Let, let's use Madden. Let's use use American football. Let's use Madden. Madden has what's called the Madden Ultimate Team. And, uh, you know, soccer has, a, this is a little bit easier because it's not just the NFL with FIFA. But let's say Madden Ultimate Team. And Madden Ultimate Team, you have these cards. You have cards that are your players. And you earn, you either pay real money to open packs of cards like you would a collectible card trading game. Uh, or you would have... Uh, you, you, or what they're what crypto people would love you to have is those would be NFTs, and so now you can sell and buy and sell those cards on crypto marketplaces for your Madden Ultimate Team. Now, the idealist dream about this is that when you are uh, when you can use this is your card and you can use it wherever. Which means their their dream is you would be able to use that card in other games. Well, Madden's a year, yearly game. And if you think that EA is going to allow you to use your Madden Ultimate Team card from Madden 22 in Madden 23, you are sorely mistaken. And then in 2024, when the Madden 22 servers shut down, your card is worthless. It is worth nothing. Because all you have is a token that says, I own this card. And Madden 22 honors that token. Madden 23 will not honor that token. Now, you can also say the other thing is, well, I could just make my own, have other games do it. So let's say a company comes in and they make another, they make an NFL game. Let's say the license is okay. I want to use that in that game. Well, EA is not going to allow that. They're not going to give up the intellectual property to allow that other game to implement their IP. And so the whole point that they would say of having NFTs for a Madden Ultimate Team or a FIFA Ultimate Team is the value will go up over time. It appreciates over time. It's a sound investment. When in reality, in two years, that is going to be worth literally zero because it can't be used in any game that is on right now. And you're not going to be able, and Madden EA is definitely not going to let you just import it into the next year's Madden because they want you to buy the cards again. They don't already don't let you carry over. There is no national decks for Madden or for FIFA. And FIFA is a little better example because there are multiple soccer games. You know, there there is the e football, and you so you know would EA allow Konami to allow uh, for FIFA Ultimate Teams cards to be used in e football? No, they wouldn't. So 
that is what they're kind of hoping is that, well, any game can now implement this NFT. You own this NFT. And that's not how it's going to turn out. So what what Ubisoft is hoping is that they can get into the crypto space and get that crypto money because they really want you in that ecosystem. And I'm talking about the people that are really into NFTs and into cryptocurrency, which is evidenced by a comment that I was going to bring up. But SJ1 Hamat also brought it up already as well, not in the gaming space, but because of that right now most nfts are art which doesn't have this technical problem because they're jpegs or pngs or whatever and that's a format that is not owned by any specific corporation so it will never go away but what they're doing is they're stealing art from deviant art and putting it up for sale and so deviant art uh, thankfully, in DeviantArt's defense, all they can do is they, they basically look and they're like, they will actually notify artists, hey, like, hey, we found an art piece that's similar to something on your DeviantArt account. We just thought you might want to know about it. Here's the NFT. Here's the links. But DeviantArt can't do anything about it. And so they encourage these artists to go and say, go to OpenSea or whatever, whatever crypto marketplace the NFT is on and try to issue a copyright claim, which they laugh the crypto marketplace because they're not in the United States. They don't care about United States copyright. And the response usually is, well, if you don't want other people to make money off of your art, then you need to pull all your stuff off DeviantArt and put it up on the NFT and work with somebody on the crypto marketplaces and put your art and that way you get play you get paid. Your art's going to be sold. And so, you know, if you want it, if your art's going to be sold. You can't stop it is basically what they're telling people. And so if you don't want it, you know, so you should be the one selling it. Because if you don't sell your art, someone else will, and you're not going to see any bit of it. And E3Vale says, is it like China with no copyright? It's more, probably more Eastern, it's probably more European, Eastern European. They don't, no other country in the world is legally obligated to respect United States copyright. So if you copyrighted something in the United States, no other country is legally required to respect it. And so it's like a mafia thing. Like, they're like, hmm, that's nice art you've got there on your deviant art. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. But the thing is, it's all inside their ecosystem because these same people that would spend the equivalent of hundreds of dollars for a, a monkey image which is, you know, and, and that's like avatars, the monkeys that are, anyway, they'll spend hundreds of dollars on that, actually paying hundreds of dollars of equivalent. I, this is the important part. They're willing to spend the equivalent of hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars for these images on the web. But the idea of spending 40 US dollars to commission an artist to draw something specifically for them is abhorrent. They want to keep it all in the ecosystem because it's not regulated. That's the problem they're solving. They don't want the government to track. And the government can't do anything about it until you try to exchange it back into government-tracked currency. That's what they're actually trying to do. And Ubisoft wants in on some of that. They want in on that and then transfer it back to their currency. And as Sherwin Matt says, yes, they're victim-blaming. Their art was stolen for some for the pyramid scheme. And they're saying, well, you didn't put up yourself, so you're lost. That's why I'm not, I haven't jumped in on all this. It's because it's, 
right now, I don't see the benefit. I don't see the problem they're trying to solve. Uh, there is nothing in here that hasn't already been done by other technologies. The only difference is that the other technologies were using a currency that has been regulated, that is regulated by governments. And NFTs and crypto are not currently regulated by governments. And that is the difference, and that's the problem that they feel that they've solved, is now there's no government oversight, which means they can do all these pyramid schemes because to them, they're benefiting. So it's not a scheme. You know, it's other people that are falling for it, and they need to just be smarter. Those are kind of my thoughts. Now, Ubisoft has doubled down. I'm going to try to get back to the article here. Um, And basically just said, you know, I'm not going to read the rest of this, but he basically said, look, everybody was upset at microtransactions, and everybody was upset at DLC. And now nobody's upset anymore. And he's basically banking on... This idea of using crypto and other currencies that are not regulated by any government and these these fun- non-fungible tokens to state that you ha- own this so you can trade them on other marketplaces, we're going to just accept that in several years' times, just like we pretty much begrudgingly accept microtransactions and DLC, which we pay for with real money. And that's essentially what he came out and said, and the developers are not buying it. They're not exactly happy. About the people under him are not exactly happy about this. It's all because they don't want it regulated by the government. Because I will also say this, like there is one similarity between like the U.S. dollar and any cryptocurrency is that the U.S. dollar also inherently has no value by itself. It is not gold, for instance. The U.S. dollar has whatever value everybody else says it has. And that is kind of the, the basis of our financial system. So when you say, oh, the dollar equates to this euro, that's because that is the value that has been placed on it by the financial institution. So it is just as volatile as any crypto is. So that's the U.S. dollar also has no value inherently. It it only has the value that we say it has. And so speculators are trying to drive up the price of the conversion of crypto and that's why you get things that, you know, are the equivalent of thousands of dollars, but it's not actually thousands of dollars until they try to convert that back into uh, into U.S. currency, which is why they want everything to be on the blockchain. That way they never have to bring it back to U.S. currency because that's when they get taxed by the government. So we're going to take a music break. I've been wanting to do a music break with with holiday with this holiday music that I had from Overclock Remix for all month. We're going to take a quick music break and then I will come back and we won't hopefully won't be talking about crypto anymore. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell show here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv/vognetwork. I got chosen. I'm going to be the very best and not get a DMCA violation for playing video games live. But yes, that was uh, the voice of Ash saying that he he chose me. I I felt chosen. Uh, If you want to leave a bumper uh, in 2022 uh, for the show, all you have to do is uh, contact me somehow. Like uh, you can do it. uh, Email is bumpers at bobbyblackwolf.com. But Twitter DMs, my DMs are open. 
which is kind of scary sometimes. And then, uh, but also on Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord is where you can do that. Of video or an audio of just your voice, I will decide if I want to risk a DMCA violation behind it. So let me do that. But uh, something about coming back to the Bobby Blackwolf show. Uh, there was a question in chat. E3VL asked, is there going to be a show next week, seeing as the day after Christmas? Uh, yes, actually, because it's the day after Christmas. I'm not going to be going out on, you know, doing anything the day after Christmas. I am fortunate enough that uh, my family's local, so uh, we're getting together Christmas Eve uh, safely, and uh, we're going to—so I'm, I'm not going to be traveling anywhere. And also the day after New Year's will also be a show. Uh, so, yes, we're, I, I don't plan on taking any time off. Uh, until possibly February, uh, which would be uh, the uh, there, there's a the sports ball event and there might be an actual party where I can actually see people that I haven't seen in two years. Uh, so I may opt to go that to be social with people, uh, not necessarily because I care about the game itself, because I stopped caring about that sport uh, when uh, the local team fired me several years ago. And just a little bit bitter, just a little bit. Uh, so uh, maybe at one point we'll take calls at some time. Uh, so usually, uh, if if I if I know ahead of time and can kind of see it, uh, we actually do take calls during the show. It used to be like an AM radio talk show. Uh, I wind up talking a little bit longer than I should, uh, so we don't do that. But the process for that is it, we have a, a voice chat channel in our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord, called The Green Room. You hop in there, I can actually see you. I'll pull you into another room, and we can chat about stuff. But there hasn't really been much to talk about. Uh, and, and the chat comments, I try to get to all of them uh, that I read here. But coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And then we like to check in with them and uh, see what they're going to be talking about and what's exciting them uh, here. Uh, that's probably going to be more what we're going to be talking about because th- there really isn't that much news. But uh, Sacramento, are you there? Hi. Yes, I'm here, Bobby. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. So I, uh, I finally did a Mass Effect thing this week. I finally oh. played Mass Effect, and I'm using my quotey fingers. The Normandy <laughs> has shown up. I know where this is up. going, but the, go the, on. The Normandy has shown up on my console. I have I have seen the Normandy. I, I did the No Man's Sky expedition, so now I have the Normandy and No Man's Sky. So I, I beat an expedition, and it was it was pretty easy. Right. Congrats! Yeah, the second the second one was definitely the easiest. It was the Bobby Blackwolf expedition, yes. but um, it's no small feat. Uh, you still have to do some work. It's yep. it's not a gimme. So good for you. Yep. And the hardest part was going to all the different systems to try to find a section of space nobody else had been in. And I and I I, I got I found one. And like I was like, okay, I got, I got the first one. I got the second one. I got the third one. And then the fourth one I went to was discovered by somebody else two days earlier. <laughs> So we all had the same, but it took me like eight jumps to get there and stuff. So I, I think the trick to that is you go offline, bef- like you save your game, you go offline, unplug your console from the internet, play it, and then all galaxies are undiscovered. I never thought to try it that way. Yeah. Um, of course, I stream it a lot, so that's yeah. not really an option for me, yeah. but um, clever. That's a clever way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I was glad that like discovering a species on a planet with like that had there there was a, an expedition thing of discovering a species on a planet that uh, like a fiery world or whatever. Uh, I was able to do that without it being a new world. Like it was just as long as I scanned it, it, ga- it popped that for me. So that yeah. that was kind of nice. So, uh, but yeah, there was no timed events or anything. Like there was nothing with the the to do with the freighter, like the time missions or anything like that. So. 
uh, and I got to do some of the stuff that I don't hadn't gotten to in the main game, like the little the scanning of things, like the scanning of alien portals for Quicksilver. Oh yeah, I mm-hmm. hadn't done that before, and like I was like, oh, I don't have enough Quicksilver, and since the expedition's over, I think I can spoil all this. But they're like, you need eighty Quicksilver to buy this thing, and you only have like forty five Quicksilver. And the way to get more is like, oh, you go over here and there's a 2250 Quicksilver mission that's like kill 20 horrible creatures and stuff or like stuff like I don't want to have to do that. Bobby Black Wolf killed creatures. I, no, what? I did not because I didn't accept that. I actually did not kill any creatures. Uh, oh. But what but what you can do is you just keep using that little device and every time you use it, you get 15 Quicksilver. So I just kept using it and oh. got the Quicksilver up to, to buy the little thingy the little deus ex machina thing that you needed to call down the Normandy, whatever. That so, works too, I guess. Yeah. So I cheesed it. But uh, but yeah, no, I had fun with it. I did it on my PS5. So, uh, and, and I'm like, all right, cool, I got it. And then I closed it and I'm like, all right, done. Cool. Yeah. Maybe now when I go back uh, to my main save, I can go get that, get Normandy and add to mm-hmm. my fleet. I just haven't done that yet. Yep. Um, Alan finished it too, uh, off stream. He did the first night on stream and then finished it, um, like literally in the second night, I yeah. believe he plans to stream expedition three. I think it actually starts like in a couple days. I think it's like yeah. Monday or Tuesday when it starts pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and then I think he'll be streaming that too. Uh, so we're kind of waiting to see what happens when all four expeditions have cycled through. Um, what I w- would love to do if we're able to do it is have Alan and I kind of team up with all our expedition rewards from, uh, all that stuff and do a new game and kind of adventure together. And of course we'd invite, you know, you yeah. and anyone else in the community that might want to join us for some, uh, space exploration yes. on that. So be fun. Yeah. So no, I, and I did it in two nights as well. And it was yeah. about, I think my full playthrough was like eight hours, nine hours or something on that save. So it, it, it was about a two night thing. So I was very, I was very happy about it. And Questbuster accepted that mission because he needed the Quicksilver for something. So Questbuster. <laughs> I'm going to play the boo. Boo for killing the creatures. I would have killed all the animals, too. No. Of course, then again, if Super Metroid's ever played at GDQ, I'm always, you know, save the frames. So I can't, I really shouldn't be speaking. So, uh... What else is gonna? What else are you gonna be talking about on Orange Launch Radio tonight? What else is on? What else is on your radar? Have you been able to play more Final Fantasy XIV? What's going on? I have been able to play more Final Fantasy XIV. The cues are still um, a pain, uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that. How I've kind of danced around that best I can to continue to progress in the story. I still haven't beaten it like some of my friends have, but um, I'm getting close. I'm I'm on the in the quest chain. I'm on the level 88 quests. Uh, at a ninety, even though my character is ninety now, at the which is the new cap, so uh, I'm I'm making some good progress. We'll talk a little bit tonight, though, about some of the news around Final Fantasy XIV and a very drastic decisions of sorts that uh, Square Enix has made to help kind of combat some of those uh, issues. Uh, we'll talk a little bit as well about a union has finally showed up in the video game industry. Mm-hmm. It's a start. Uh, it's not where you think it would be, but it again, it's a start and maybe a sign of things to come. And we'll also talk a little bit about. Uh, oh, I think this is interesting. Loki has. Uh, been watching a lot of YouTube stuff because he has his own YouTube mm-hmm. channel, of course, plug plug. Uh, but has gotten to the the deep dark side of Roblox, and uh-huh. um, I watched this too. Oh boy, yeah, it's yeah. um, well, it's one of those things where it's like it's surprising, and then when you sit back and think about it, it's actually not surprising at all. But we should probably talk about it. Yep. Yeah. No. If you want to know what investigative journalism in the gaming side looks like. When you listen to OLR, they'll tell you where this YouTube video is, and you should watch it after OLR. 
and all that stuff, yeah. because it is actually like it's actual investigative uh, journalism, which we don't see a lot of in the gaming because most of games media and games press is press release regurgitation. We have very, very few investigative journalists in this space. Uh, you, I can probably count them on both hands and that's it. Everybody else yeah. just regurgitates press releases, including myself. So I don't do investigative journalism. So that's why I don't consider myself a journalist. But I was going to say, you're not a journalist. You're a commentator. That's right. I say I'm a commentator. That's what I tell everybody. All right. Uh, Orange Lounge Radio is up next. You know what? Uh, happy holidays to you Thank and you, everyone Sammy. over there. Uh, I hope everything, uh, I hope you all stay safe and, uh, and enjoy this time together. Thank you. And a happy season to you and yeah. Mrs. Black Wolf as well. Thank you. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, even though I know that it is uh, I, I, I know that it is uh, the day, day after Christmas. It's the 26th. Uh, I will be back, though, here, right here, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Uh, and uh, come join us and interact with us directly. I will say uh, I've been saying kind of stay safe a little bit uh, recently. Um uh, just, you know, kind of talking about, you know, world events, current events, stuff going on. Uh, like I said, just just be a little bit extra vigilant. Uh, there, the canary in the coal mine that I use to determine how things are uh, is uh, New York City bartenders. And there was some dire warnings about what the rest of us are going to be facing in about two weeks uh, when, you know, basically one out of it, or I think it's like one out of every four service industry workers are currently sick. Uh, they're going to die? No. Uh, but, um, you know, it's quickly turning into something where it might be one out of every two people are sick with either uh, the big C or just the flu going around. Uh, so it's spreading a lot. And you're also seeing in the sports arena, uh, a lot of a lot of sports have just they teams can't be fielded. Games are being postponed and canceled because they can't field enough people for the teams in the NBA, in uh, the, the, the NHL, which I hear is a hockey league. I live in Atlanta. I don't know what that sport is, but they've been talking about it. Uh, so it's going around right now. Um, you know, mo most people, I, I believe, are going to be just fine. But just be prepared a little bit for uh, places that you like to go maybe not being open because too many of their staff are sick and they can't operate. So we're not going to be able to uh, – there's probably not going to be any lockdowns from the government. There's going to be de facto lockdowns because uh, bars can't operate. They don't have enough staff to operate. Uh, so we're going to start seeing that. Uh, over the next couple weeks so just be safe uh take care of yourself do everything you can uh you know and that's that's all i will say everybody has their own threshold of what they're willing to do and not to do and that is not to me to say what it is for you uh just uh i just hope that you've at least thought and determined how far you're willing to go anyway i will be back next sunday night with all y'all uh hopefully uh if you if you're if you're to hear so, uh, yes, uh, Bobby Blackwolf on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, even though I haven't opened my TikTok account in a while. I'm sorry about that. Uh, and uh, that's where I am during the week, or vognetwork.com slash Discord. We would not be able to make this live show work uh, with the help of uh, people that tell, spread the word. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Uh, just tell somebody. But thank you so much for the people that went above and beyond on the extra mile. That was Mike Deft, resubscribed. Three years, because we are now hitting up to our three, third year as an affiliate here on Twitch. So people are hitting their three-year anniversary. We probably should put in icons for sub-anniversaries because we can do that. We actually have like six emote slots available, uh, but we don't have the animated emote yet. 
Uh, I have the animated emote on my personal Twitch, but we don't have the animated emote slot yet on Fog Network, but we may need to add some emotes uh, and subscription badges and stuff like that. We really need to think about that. So that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, But you just being here and you watching or listening is all we really need. I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to play this music here that plays us out. So I have now 10 seconds to say, hey, take care of yourself, take care of your community. Be good to yourself. Have a happy holidays, whichever holidays you uh, you you take part in, and I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.